0: not happen for an age,
1: to What's that? It is a gathering.
2: Hello and welcome to and move to the Battle Games in Middle Earth podcast, all about the Middle Earth strategy battle game from Games Workshop. I'm Harry and this is episode 77 of the podcast. The 7-7, it's great. We're very excited to be here and I can't wait for this one because uh, we teased ahead to it last time. It is a an unusual tournament that we're going to there's seven games for this episode 77 so it's 777 um it's all very exciting we've got 200 points worth of tournament to play for lots of games to squeeze in i don't actually know whether we're gonna have time to talk to all of my guests uh, my opponents on the podcast but we'll try and squeeze in as many voices as we possibly can uh, it's gonna be great so uh, yeah, let's just get cracking on with it because um, I feel like this is going to be a little bit of a short podcast even though we've got seven people to talk to, uh, if we can um, I, I, I just know that this is a really busy day, a busy schedule uh, in, as part of this tournament um, so it's probably going to be more resembling a mini moot and we still have uh, some the odd sort of message to uh, delve into in the inbox as well later on as part of questions that need answering as well so uh, let's crack on, but let's start with... The list.
3: Ask Warrior. Build me an army worthy of all
2: Yes, that's right. It's uh, building an army, and not for Mordor or Numenor or anything uh, alike to Numenor this time. We're starting off with something a little bit different, and uh, partially that's because I thought a Numenor army at 200 points would be a little bit boring, and but also because I wanted to try and uh, delve delve into something else, and believe me, I enjoyed this a lot thinking about the different kinds of lists I could do so uh, there were some restrictions this is a local event Um it's the uh, the enjoy the little things event in Lincoln and um, so this is uh, a very very local one day tournament which is perfect because of my impending nuptials uh, which probably by the time you've heard this or um, pretty thereabouts anyway uh, will have already happened so um, so yeah wedding inbound um, but the the uh, the tournament 200 points it's got some restrictions so the main one being you had to have more than four models so no sort of uber hero kind of lists with you know uh, Aragorn and I don't know well, I can't think of anything Legolas Gimli and Aragorn or something like that I don't that's probably that's not that's more than 200 but anyway stuff like that 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 wasn't allowed the other thing was you couldn't have more than 24 models um, so this is interesting. So, for example, I actually thought, oh, I think I might have enough. Um, I think I might have enough ruffians for this. I thought, and uh, so I had a look, and um, you put Sharky and Worm in. You get twelve ruffians uh, without bow, six with bow, uh, and then another warband of three and five ruffians, three with bow and five without, and that's twenty-five um, models, I believe. Um, or no, it's more than that. Actually, it's eighteen or sort of twenty. Twenty, oh, I don't know. It's like some, it's somewhere in the late twenties, anyway. So that was too many. Um, I, I did toy with the idea of using um, Sharky and Worm with, um, with one of the ruffian leaders like Sid or something like that. And I just thought, you know, I just, I, am just, just not that excited by it. So I moved on, um, and wrote the second idea that I had, which, which was probably my second choice. Um, so actually, I'll, I'll, I'll have a look through some others and then I'll come back to my second choice. And um, Dwarf King, I thought. Um, 200 points, you know, this uh, the also one of the adaptions for this 200 points limit is it's going to be a 3 by 3 foot board. So a much smaller board, and they're adapting the deployment zone, so 8 inches rather than 12 and a lot of things. Uh, there's going to be a Seize the Prize mission and all that sort of stuff. So there's quite a few sort of little adaptions that just make it a little tweaky. It, it's good. It's a, it's a really good format, actually. I'm really enjoying it. Um, so I, I thought of things like a Dwarf King. You know what's good at low points? really high defence, high fight um, stuff, so fight six, defence eight, thought that could be quite good, alongside sort of 11 warriors with shield, denying guard, and a khazard guard, that would have been really good, um, but I just thought, it's just not that exciting, it's not very fun, so um, also it didn't have any sort of fast moving stuff, uh, there is a Caesar part as I mentioned, um, but you know, um, then I also, I had an idea for using Ashrak, and a load of giant spiders, um lots of fast moving stuff ashrek's a bit of fun i've never used him before don't have the model though so I thought well i don't really want to have to buy something to do that and that was a cool it was a cool idea though and giant spiders have, can be really you know they can be really potent but of course they they also can start it sp- start spiraling out of control quickly if you lose a couple doesn't it um so there's that so that would have been uh Asherik, Seven Spiders and Amori Goblin with a shield that's very low on might as well which I thought might have been a problem high on might was the next option was a Dunedain list so just eight Dunedain which I mean it's pretty good isn't it I mean that's eight points on my eight I mean they're only fight four though that's the thing come up against elves and they're really in trouble 25 points they're just not very good for an extra fate point you, you know it's 25 points for a guy with one wound and a fate point it's it just feels so so sort of you know, it swings too far too quickly. So um but hey, they could they could do a lot of work with the shooting and the uh, the, the attacks, I guess. But decided to skip that one. I did briefly um think of Arathorn and five Dunedain as well, but it's just even even sort of swingier I a thought. So I, I skipped on for that. And I did think about my Numenor. I did um I thought of a captain and twelve Numenorians with shield and spears it's just a bit boring so I moved on from that um Huren on horse now he was another option so I did I did actually really really come close to using this one so Huren on horse for 90 points plus uh Minister of Warriors with shield about eight of them some Rangers four plus a Fountain Court guy um that would have been 13 models got Rangers got fight four you've got um high defense front line uh with shield ball you've got a hero that can actually hit oh uh one of the yeah just so 100 points was the max for the heroes wasn't it sorry um that was one of the other limits um uh, so yeah this is interesting so you kind of yeah you're probably thinking while i'm reading all these through because uh, i hadn't already mentioned no heroes above 100 points so it actually really makes it really tricky um a really great it's a really great format i really enjoyed this um this idea so so that those are the sort of main ones so that leaves uh, my two lists that I thought of and both happen to be themed around the battle of the green fields pretty much so um Goldfimble on warg for 50 points and uh, Golfimble he's i mean he's 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 not very good <laughs> but I've just never used him. I've got the model. He's nice. He's kind of got that classic orc look about him, a fantasy look, uh, sort of Warhammer orc look, which is nice. Uh, with him, I, I thought I could give him eight orcs, um, four with shield, four with spear, and a rider. and then ally, not ally, sorry, so uh, accompany him with a barrow white and three orcs with shield and three orcs with spear and just an orc without anything else. And I, you know what? I was really, 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 really close to taking this list because it gives you a chance to use Golfinbull, which just never you just never see because why would you? He's not very good, um, but he's got like an extra. He's just an odd captain for fifty points, um, but he's got an extra like a, a six up um, save because of his like impressive girth or something like that. And you know, he I don't know. It could have just been a bit of fun, so I thought maybe and a Barrow White, you know, a bit of magic to. You know, new to any of the major enemy heroes from just chopping through all of my orcs could be could be enough. You know, um, oh, I did I did toy with the idea of a chariot list, but I just just didn't like the idea of chariot chief, a chariot and four Candish uh, horsemen or four and four Canish warriors. But uh, yeah, just 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 again again didn't it excite me. So the the next the the so as either the golfing bull uh, with barrow white list, and I know I don't think there were any barrow whites at the Battle of the Greenfields, but you know, i just been a bit more magic y, would have been a bit more fun. Um So the ov- obvious alternative there is the Hobbit side of the, the battle, and that is what I settled with. So a Battle of the Greenfields list themed around Banderbrass Tuck, who of course, bull the Bull rover Tuck, you can basically not really take anymore. Like he he's he's so restricted in terms of his um alliance capabilities. So you've got I think it's Tuck. took he cannot be allied with any other named hobbit heroes. So he's really really limited uh, in terms of what he can uh, what he can uh, be in an army with. And um also you can you can put him with um sort of uh, you can have dunadain as part of his army leading as minor heroes leading hobbits, but they don't get the two attacks uh, bonus which is a bit rubbish. So so he's very very limited and actually it turns out at this points level I think is where he wins because Bandebrass is leading this army. He rides a horse rather than pony, so he's he's actually got some. Well, I say some killing potential. He's still strength three, but he has some killing potential because of that horse, um, with two attacks on the ho- on three on the charge, you know, he he strength three, you should be able to do damage to you know a normal warrior, which is kind of what you, uh, all you really want him to do. Um, then you've got five Hobbit archers, five Hobbit militia, and five sheriffs. So uh, archers are fight three and they shoot bow uh, eighteen inch range bows uh, that are strength two. Uh, militia are fight two, but they have axes, uh, or you can give them hammers or something else. I think I'm going to use just the axe ones. Um, and sheriffs are fight three and they have a staff that can stun stuff on a five plus, which hopefully will come into great use. And finally. I'm going to add three Rangers of the North. Now, I've posted some of these on my Instagram recently, and I've just painted them f- specifically for this, um, because I thought, well, I could do three Dunadine, but then I'd be 15 points under, and I don't have any more Warband slots. Um, so Rangers of the North, I think, are almost always not worth the points. Um, you get an extra one defence for five points, which on a 25, it's just, I mean, it's not, it's not enough, is it? But... It might help, I guess, if there's a few bows out there and they're wounding on sixes instead of uh, wounding on fives against a defence four ranger. So, yeah, it'd be good. And also I get to use my Ranger of the North models, which I've just not ever used. They've just been sat there uh, in a blister pack for donkey's years. So that is my army. I've got three rangers of the north. Um, I've got uh, Band of brass Took, two points of might with strike, though, at fight three. <laughs> um And uh, 15 Hobbits. So in total I've got 19 models, I've got 5 Might, and I've got a lot of models at 200 points. You know, who knows? I really don't know what the meta is here. If there is a meta at 200 points, please let me know what it is. But I think we might actually discover said meta over the course uh, of these seven games because there's definitely a few potentials that I know uh, a few of us were talking about before the tournament, which included things like, for example, Hunter Orcs, at 200 points you can get two of the big heroes on Warg and something like ten Hunter Orcs which is going to slap like nobody's business and um, the Wolves of Isengard has been uh, talked about a bit they can get a lot of Wolves of Isengard um Sharku we get the free heroic sort of move um as part of the Legion you, they can move uh, three or D3 models or something um before and maybe even shoot as well I can't remember uh, on the small boards that we would be playing on that could be could potentially be pretty awful um uh, and uh, of course also woesies, um which I've been a long been a proponent of before if you get Ganberry Gan and 15 Wozes and with Stalk Unseen, with 12 inch um, blowpipes rerolling 1, Strength 3, with um, with lots of uh, lots of hatred and all that sort of stuff Could be it could be good, it certainly be good against the Hunter Orcs, so really interested to see how this tournament goes and uh, yeah, we'll delve into that a little bit later on but first... Christians. Questions that need answering. Yes, that's right. Questions that need answering. So um, last time we uh, dropped a question about um, whether you think it's ever right to, not quite scalp, but sell um, uh, Lord of the Rings or any of the miniatures at vastly inflated prices on the old eBays, and uh, or, or elsewhere on trade sites or anything like that. Uh, uh, there was uh, someone who asked me a question about Goldfish Blue, who's a notorious name in the, uh, the community. And um, and uh, and and wondered whether you know I thought it was okay, and uh, I did a bit of digging, found out who Goldfish Blue was, but um, I, I tried to get in contact with them, see if they'd be able to talk, but no such luck so far um so following on from that we've got an email from alex fern alexander fern um hello good stories sir he says Uh, a long-time listener first-time caller as another somewhat prolific second-hand mesbg ebay seller i'd like to add my tidbit to the discussion i am more a collector than a gamer though i will at some point dip my toes into that side of the hobby and i've bought and sold thousands of models on ebay over the years i do make a profit but it's more about me wanting to collect, photograph and own every accessible model in the range really. Over the years I've found some real treasures. Once I purchased a very poorly advertised box of metal dwarves which turned out to be over 2000 points of Kazadum with every metal model in that army. I felt like a kid at Christmas. I think what Goldfish Boo is doing is banking on the increasing scarcity of models and offering international shipping, whereby there's always someone willing to pay well above market value to get their hands on something specific, which might be the only one on eBay at times. Anyway, keep the podcast rolling. It's ASMR to my ears. Well, you welcome? Uh, so, so Alexander, that's an interesting, interesting to get some insight from someone who s- sells a lot on eBay as well. And I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I, I I'm pretty much. Ambivalent to what whatever people think about this, I can see why people get angry about it. I can see why people think it's you know impressive in some ways to to you know build up a business from um selling uh models on ebay uh and sort of inflating the prices if they sell someone clearly wants them I guess that's the sort of invisible hand of the market as it were uh moving um it's interesting what you say that you've you sort of you've bought and sold models at a profit uh but it's all about ex uh photographing um Models. I've never really thought of it like that. I've always thought, to me, when I, when I went, I did go through a, a stage, um, pretty much when I got back into the hobby, of really, really wanting to make sure I had everything. And it was because at the time um, there was a concern that the Games Workshop might drop the license, it might not actually make these models anymore, or, or something like that. And I thought, oh God, what if, what if these models that meant so much to my childhood um, just so, suddenly vanished and I could never, ever uh, watch them again? watch them again find them again um, I'd, I'd end up spending increasing amounts of money digging them out um, and and sort of thought well okay well I'll, I'll do it now so I I just went on an absolute spending spree at that point um, which I was lucky at the time I was living with my uh, mum my and uh, I had a, a decent job so I was like I had a lot of expendable income, basically. So, um, I don't just don't tell the uh, the fiance. Um, but anyway, so I got a lot of the stuff already, and you know, and then of course the, the system's sort of back in uh, much better health than it was back then. So, I, I I do wonder why people buy them now because they'll they'll come round again on made to orders at some point. I mean, yeah, there might be the odd one that won't ever come back, but largely it's because they're crap models. <laughs> like there's some of the the ones that just never return are just rubbish. Like the models is really poorly made. Um some of the fine cast hobbit era um alternative sculpts of Bilbo's and uh, Gandalf are just not very good. Like if you want them, fair enough, but sometimes I don't know why. Like I think there's a Gollum model that's um it's a Gollum with the fish and he's like kind of throwing it up in the air or something like that. I like I, I remember I, I don't know how to really describe it, but I can picture it. And it just looks rubbish. Like I don't I don't really really I think I'd ever desperately want it I can understand people being completist and wanting to fill a collection but for my reasons I'm just not bothered by that sort of stuff anymore so um but yeah it's an intriguing um uh, assessment um, Alex uh, thanks very much for the message uh, if you have any comments on this exact issue on Goldfish Blue uh, eBay sellers and scalping or if you call it something else whatever um, get in touch entmootpodcast at gmail.com I'll put the email address in the show notes and uh, the description of the podcast so you can always get in touch if you so wish um, entmootpodcast at gmail.com that is the way to get in touch now we had another question in from Clayton Conduff. Hello, sir. First, let me say thank you very much uh, for putting out your podcast. It's the only MSBG content I've managed to find that I enjoy listening to while I'm working. I've collected this game for many years now and I've played other tabletop games, but I've never actually managed to get anyone local playing MSBG. Finally, seemingly out of nowhere, I have several friends interested, and as luck would have it, I just listened to your episode about the show, uh, sorry, the slow-grow league and your quest to make Newman all great again. I intend to copy this idea of a slow-grow league for my small group, about six people in total, including me, hopefully, but I'm not finding many great resources for it via Google. Do you happen to have any docs guidelines for me uh, that you could share with me? Since I'm brand new to the game, I worry that I could mess everyone's enjoyment trying to come up with a way myself. Thanks again. I look forward to hearing back from you and your next episode. So, Clayton, um, I think I've had similar questions like this in the past. Uh, I, in fact, if you if you go through the archive, you will be able to listen to me basically read out the um, uh, read out the the sort of rules for my slogan that I designed many many moons ago. The the thing I would do. Um, and this this episode is a good example of it, is I would start with the... Don't... Just please don't play um, uh, Battle Companies first. Because Battle Companies is different. It's a different game. It's, yes, it's got the same mechanic, but um, some people are really put off by RPG kind of games. You might not be. Your friends might not be. But if you want people to actually play SBG, play SBG with them. Don't play um, uh, Battle Companies. Unless maybe... You've gotten used to the game, and you know the system, and you want to do some kind of um a sort of system involving battle companies, or a tournament, or whatever, or a league, or something like that. That's fine, but stick with SPG. It's really scalable. So on the slow go, I would start with 200 points because you can do it. There's no there's no reason you can't. Um, some people don't um, start at 200 points. 200 points is a fantastic level to get people to go bring a captain or bring a hero of their choice, um, and and just a few troops and get used to moving models and i I actually say if you want to do that do it like this tournament do um a minimum of uh four models a maximum of 24 at 200 points for your league um and and maybe no heroes above 100 points and we'll just help people uh you know not get completely rinsed by aragon or, or you know something like that um so so that would be my first tip and just add 100 points each time and you can play to win you can play to play um you know whatever you can play for fun you can play for hobby uh, whatever i would say do something along the lines of 3 points for a win uh, in your league system if you're going to do a slow grow league uh, a 1 point for a draw 0 points for a loss and then maybe have a, a point uh, per game for painting your army fully um because it it just helps people build that once once they've put the time and effort into painting, they're less likely to drop the system. So while you've got them, while you've got the hooks in, say to them, uh, you know that they, you know, I know what it's like. If you're in a group of gamers, um, maybe you're in a shop, in a hobby club, whatever. People pick up a game system, and then they they maybe move on within two months, six months, whatever. But if you've kind of latched them into painting a full army then they're kind of more invested already so that's the reason I put the point for um, having a fully painted army into my Slow Grow League system Um, and then after that you could maybe do uh, choose different missions depending on sort of instructing people how to play the game a bit easier. So, for example, starting with something like "to the death" uh, as your first mission because it's got uh, encourages people to have banners and, and just kill each other rather than anything else. Or maybe you can do the objective ones because you want people to learn about the how important scenarios are in the system. But generally, I would just just sort of it's almost a hands off approach. Like just get people into the game, introduce them, and be willing to help people. Um, learn the system and and have a bit of fun practice games all that sort of stuff. I mean we spoke about this with Tim in the last episode just saying you know what um all you need to do is is just facilitate and it might take a bit of extra effort of you kind of getting involved and talking to people um over the long run um and sort of helping arrange games and all that sort of stuff. But the game is good enough that if you just help people start then then you should be fine you'll have a you'll have a group group going in no time and you know each time so you start your 200 maybe add 100 or maybe do 200 to 400 and then 400 to 500 600 and then 700 800 and then you've you know over the course of maybe three weeks per level um that sort of works out i don't know sort of something like six levels um that's 18 weeks that's you know that's that's three six three months four months i don't know something like that anyway and by the time of that you've you had people have painted all around me and you can have you know some big games with it which will be really fun um clayton I, I i i'm conscious that i might i might have written the event pack at some point um and well i, I did write an event pack originally whether it's much use anymore i don't know but um just rewind <laughs> write what i say down don't overcomplicate it just have fun and get you guys uh, uh and gals just interested in the the game. I'm sure um it will be it'll be good fun if you just have a go at it. Um but drop me another message if you want more detail and I can try and find uh some more ideas for you based on those old event packs. And as I say, I did read it out um in the old, old, old um slow grow league. It would have been a long time ago now. Um but do have a l- listen back through the archive and you'll be able to find an episode all about slow grows and getting people started. It's been very successful in our area. I can't say that it'll be the same everywhere, but we had a, a, a shop, uh, Imps Gaming in Lincoln, which had enough space to play games in. They were keen enough to get selling, and now it's among their biggest games um, in the shop. and they sell uh, models all around uh, Europe because uh, because of the success of essentially what I did, um, no offence not like I'm trying to toot my own horn here, but um, yeah they, they've they they found a game system that's kind of carved themselves out a little bit of a niche, so um, it's good for them right, uh, let's go to the final question so this is uh, from Andy Munt Andy says, hi Harry, firstly just wanted to wish you all the best for your upcoming nuptials, I recently got married and it was the best day if you're seeing this after the event, then congrats on the great day <laughs> well yeah, I'm seeing this beforehand, uh, so I don't know if it's a great day yet. it could all go terribly, terribly wrong, but hopefully it won't and I'm really glad for you as well. Congratulations for your marriage um just a bit of av- uh, so sorry, sorry, Andy continues just after a bit of advice on attending a tournament for the first time, really, you have always encouraged attending them to help engage with the hobby and fellow enthusiasts better and I was wondering uh if there were any tips and advice for a newbie like me. Are there rules around etiquette and do's and don'ts for a new attendee? I'm not a particularly uh, salty player or anything, but are there unwritten rules around things like watching others play or walking round tables, etc? You have mentioned before about reading the rules packs thoroughly, which I have been doing for some random tourneys, but there isn't much mentioned about the common mix-ups that may befall a newbie. Appreciate in advance you taking the time to read this and hopefully respond. All the best with the podcast. It really is a great listen, and I always uh, look forward to the next one. Best regards. Andy uh, also it says is there any Do- uh, Nottingham Derby Leicester tourneys that you would recommend attending as I'm located in the Midlands well first of all um, Nottingham Derby Leicester is probably uh, the, the busiest area in the UK or certainly uh, where well, it certainly has been in the past for tournaments Um nottingham uh, is is super busy i uh, seventh city collectibles you'll have heard um if you listen to my podcast before uh, is is a hub for uh, tournaments obviously warhammer world runs semi-regular tournaments as well like three or four a year um and and it's you're conveniently located where you can from leicester you can drive up up to lincoln so for example to come to lord of the imps and things like that which is the tournament i run in october uh, and there are places down in Birmingham that do them as well. I would just I'd suggest looking at the Great British Hobbit League's um, uh, events calendar. Um, usually the, the dates are set well in advance in the locations but the uh, sort of facebook pages and the tickets aren't sold for a while so plan your diary around um maybe 6 months ahead uh maybe even further ahead than that and you'll be able to find uh find a lot of events and plan ahead for that. So that would be the first thing go on the great british hobbit league um website um and facebook page and you'll be able to follow your uh follow the um calendar and all that sort of stuff and get get some events. That's a really great place to start. Um in terms of etiquette, dos and don'ts for a new attendee. <clears throat> you say are there unwritten rules around things like watching others play or walking around tables? I mean, I guess the the main unwritten rule I would say here is the top tables, especially on the last couple of games of a of a big tournament, um it it's sort of it's considered poor uh, slightly poor etiquette to be hovering around um you know uh, really really close especially when people are making um uh, big decisions and um you know getting a bit tense that's that's just not that's not cool um the bottom table's yeah do what you want it's fine um just you know the i think the main things are don't don't pick anyone's models up without asking them or or you know at least having a good chat with them and sort of establishing a a bit of a hello with them (coughs) that sort of stuff Um, you know introduce yourself be friendly Um, I would say if you go into a tournament take a tray sounds stupid but some sort of tray or box lid or whatever something to carry your models from table to table so you don't have to put them back in your box um and take them out again um and then you can also sort of take uh, you can put them in their sort of w- units on the tray so you don't have to fanny around at the start of the game that's a really good idea measuring tapes and notepads and all that sort of stuff are uh, essentials um but i think Mostly I think if you're going to a tournament just just throw yourself in you know say hello to people and introduce yourself and and have a bit of a chat and just just absorb absorb it all you know I, I would I'd highly recommend it and you know I know some people find that easier than others uh, some people are naturally outgoing and some people are naturally a bit more sort of um uh, withdrawn I guess but it, it, the, in these sorts of tournaments you you naturally are, are given you know if you if it's even if it's just a one day you know you've got three four people maybe to just have a chat with for a course of a game and just try and establish who they are and and have a have a friendly chat and hopefully uh, that will mean you'll uh, you know you'll you'll get on with someone and have someone that you can have a have a bit of a chat with at lunchtime if you've not made uh, if you don't know anyone else or you haven't made any other other friends yet so you know it it's it, it, there's no sort of etiquette necessarily but I think You know, that's the the main one is yeah. Don't bother the top table players on the last game of the day when you know they're playing for the title or something like that, especially at major big events. But I mean, maybe eighty points would be fine. But um, and I'd also say you know don't don't stand there advising players either or or you know or going ooh i wouldn't have done that anything like that you know that's just you know it's that's it kind of takes the fun away it, it doesn't it if uh, if someone's advising someone else how to play the game and things like that but i think he probably already knew that sort of stuff so andy i would say just throw yourself in get stuck in and have fun because um tournaments aren't about uh you know smashing people or anything like that it can be about taking your your toys that you've uh, lovingly painted for a long period of time and showing them off it could be uh about just having a having a drink and having a, a a laugh with some people it could just be about um sharing the the sort of love of Tolkien or the films uh Peter Jackson films with other people or it could be about uh just you know enjoying one of the best game systems uh out there then you know all of the above are absolutely fine and you'll find um friends, to uh to enjoy and chat to along the way. So hopefully that's helpful Andy but uh, I really appreciate it. And um, anyone else uh, gets get in touch uh, let me know uh, your, what are your do's and don'ts? Uh, what are your uh, your tips, your tournament advice for newbies? Uh, this can be the uh, the question that needs answering today. Uh, so that's going to be the the bulk of it. So, if you want to get in touch, entmootpodcast at gmail uh, I'm intrigued at what your best advice is for a newbie, and of course, we'll pick up any other um, uh, sort of uh, uh, any other questions about um, uh, the goldfish blue and so on as well. If you if you haven't yet got in touch, because I think we've sort of bashed through a couple of these uh, uh, these these podcasts already. So, and um, that's brilliant. So that's the questions that need answering. So that means it's time. To go to the tournament, it's only around the corner. We'll have a few games to squeeze in, and then hopefully we'll be all sorted.
4: Here, Mr. Bilbo, where are you after? I can't stop. I'm already
1: late.
4: Late for what? I'm going on an adventure.
2: Right, so game number one at Enjoy the Little Things. We've got 200 points of Hobbits and Rangers up against Sam Bainbridge. Uh, Sam, first of all, uh, just give us an idea
5: of what you've brought for your 200-point army. Sure. Uh, Yeah, I've got Lothlorien, so I've got Haldir. He's got with him six Elves with shields, one Elf with a... one Gladron Warrior with a shield and spear, and then four Wood Elves with Wood Elf Spears. So quite a lot of elves here, um, of elves. and you've, got, you've still got a, a pretty good hero there with Haldir and his two attacks,
2: three might and all that sort of stuff, fight six. When you saw the hobbits on the table, obviously there's a fair amount of them, uh, I think it was 18 models in total compared with your, what was it, 10 nearly? 12. 12,
5: yeah. sorry, yeah, so I, I'd imagine you were fairly confident, is that right? I don't know about confidence. I think I was worried about the numbers, to be honest. Uh, so I think, I think we'll go and talk about the strategy in a second. But my, uh, my strategy really was to try and whittle you down with my wood elf shooting, kind of relying on their uh, cloaks to sit back and not be seen. Uh, it didn't really go to plan. <laughs> well, I, I guess because I've got shooting as well, and yeah. you've got um, three shots, uh, pretty much.
2: Is it just three bows, well, four isn't Four shots and then four. two oh, powder. Uh, yeah, of Ali course. But
5: kind of sat, hiding away, so... Yeah.
2: Yeah, because you sort of tucked him into a building quite early on uh, on the centre line, um, yeah. which I think might have been a bit of a, a strategic error. But the, the, the Wood Elves, you would expect them to be taking a Hobbit or two. Well, at least two Hobbits, probably a turn. Yeah. Uh, but sadly, I think I got the first shot, uh, first sort of shots in, and there was a clear shot to one of the ones that you'd moved away uh, from an objective, so he wasn't obscured for, for the train. So I got a kill on that one quite quickly. Yeah. And then um, you maybe took one or two out over the course of the next few turns, but my shooting proceeded to kill the other two... Um, Wood elves, which which kind of eventually whittled you down. So I, I kind of had the the fire, the shooting firepower. Man, I do have five bows uh, on the hobbits and the three from the rangers. So quite a lot of bows in the list. But uh, I wasn't expecting to rely on that. I think perhaps at the deployment was was what won me this game here. Because um, uh, spoilers <laughs> won the game. So. Um, Just expect, because you you deployed pretty much surrounding one of the objectives, but not quite on the the middle line. What what was the thought
5: behind that? So I I didn't go, so on one of the objectives, there's basically a building, and so I didn't, I thought you did outshoot me, so I didn't want to rely on my shooting and have everybody visible. Uh, I didn't deploy on the central objective, because I thought I'd move into that towards the end of the game. Uh, So I was basically relying on the wood elf cloaks, Try and outshoot you're out shooting me, if you know what I mean. Because they they just can be seen. But to be fair, I think my deployment was a bit of an error. They kind of deployed the wood elves in an area where they were trying to get to a a fence at the back, but then you moved the band of hobbits very close to that, which just meant I don't want to move there anymore. And so basically to get them into cover I had to leave one in the open for one turn, which you picked off, and then the other guys kind of missed a turn of shooting. And then yeah, I didn't really do so well from there. And so once the lines engaged, I didn't I didn't feel too bad when we did engage because you kind of engaged half your force, maybe less. than, you were a bit piecewise. Uh, Go What was the main turning point? I think. I think you got some, some good kills in there, really. I think the the crucial bit was, um,
2: as, as you say, so I, I I I won every priority, which was I, I kind of didn't really want because I wanted you to be able to charge my line and me wrap and trap yeah. with uh, with all of my excess uh, models. But so I kind of the, the reason I charged piecemeal was you were kind of fenced into this this building that you, you'd occupied, which is near one of the objectives, and I thought if I can pin you down between this gap which there was kind of uh, this ruin that was surrounding her, and then there's a little fence as well if i fenced you in there i knew that you were never going to get out of that yeah. uh, I'll, stuff I'll to get the for, other I'll objective for the doorway but yeah
5: go on, losing I... your last point of might. did you win that us? i can't remember maybe you used your last point of might didn't you to call a move yeah my only chance of getting any more vps was to get out of this door but go on I, I i didn't have the might at that point in time you, you called the move yeah. yeah, and so all my guys were tied up for the last turn, so I couldn't I couldn't get there.
2: I think that was the thing that I I, I just had I had the might superiority. I'd pinned you in this spot, and um, there was a couple of lucky combats. The ranger fought against two elves and managed to kill both of them in one go at the cost of one point of might, but still, that was a pretty big swing. Um, and Bandabras was was on fire. He charged a wood elf and killed him one turn. Charged uh, uh, two elves the next turn and killed both of those yes. despite needing sixes to wound them. So that was very lucky um so he, uh, and then i think he killed another one so I think total the bull roar took four heads which is pretty impressive um and and the hobbits were just they were just kind of dying slowly enough um you know because i i guess because i had so many of them i could just put on one-on-ones for a lot of elves uh, and your your spit because i'd kind of come through the door behind the back taken a, cup, a spear out and then weren't didn't have loads of spears you just didn't have many dice in each fight so it was always yeah. a a dice against a dice, which, you know, um, it, it's not often going to go in your favor, I guess. No, uh, well, it's a half and half, I guess, but oh, slightly more for you. But uh, the crucial thing here was that I just managed to get all of the objectives. And, you know, I had one guy uh, killed on one objective. Uh, well, he we ran away from one objective uh, after we both broke. But I, I just made a big a concerted effort early on to send a big warband of hobbits, or all of my militia, five guys, to one objective. Uh, my arch is in the middle one, and a, a sheriff at the back holding onto the, the the other one. So it just it, it just meant that you were always going to be fenced in. And the, the, I thought I thought the most you could get is one objective and maybe kill the leader and break me. But I would still have three or four, and that was always going to be a win, I guess. But I mean, th- there was some bad luck. It's fair to say. I mean, my, my, my shooting was good. Uh, and my killing with, with Band Brass was, was probably a little bit better than it should have been. But either way, uh, it was it was a good win. Uh, 8-1 victory. And what, what do you
5: think of the 200-point format? I mean, you're quite new to the game, aren't you? I am quite new to the game. Yeah, so I thought, I thought it was quite a good entry point for me to play. And actually, I don't, I don't know if that's true, because the lower point level means each model needs to do more, right? Mm. So you, 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 it's, there's... It's almost like the micro movement matters a lot more in at this point level than if you have loads of points. You you can kind of make mistakes and get away with it a bit more, I would yeah. say. Uh, each each mistake you make is extrapolated because it's so exactly, much more valuable. Exactly. Yeah. And I think I think I think elfs go and I, I like the elf models, so that's why I've taken them. They're they're going to kind of perform worse probably at lower points levels because you're you're relying on rolls more, right? And and I think at this points level, if you get lucky a turn, you can kind of wipe out a quarter of someone's force, yeah. and then that's. The, the game's kind of over from there so go on. it's interesting it, it's very skirmishy it really every model kind of counts which is fun Yeah. Um, so yeah I think your force is very good I think having lots of numbers lots of bows and, and a good amount of might for this points level it's pretty good my problem with my guys with the elves is on an objective game like this it's quite hard for me to spread out because yes. I'm kind of better as a ball yeah. and so yeah, it kind of makes it tricky. But they're not all, all going to be objectives. We have placed
2: domination today. I know there's Lords of Battle, I think, and Contest of Champions to come. So, who knows what's going to happen uh, here? Enjoy the little things. On to game number two, round two. We're going to have to make this very quick because we ran right to time uh, on this round. Uh, My Hobbits against James. And James, um, just just remind me of your full army list. Two hundred points, and there's some nasty gubbins in there. Uh, it's a full warband uh, of uh, a Moria captain. Uh, and um, 12 warriors, uh, four of which are marauders. Um, that is the big killer here, four marauders in a 200-point game. That's nasty. It's a good idea, though. Uh,
3: yeah, I thought
6: there'd be a lot of cavalry, so they're really good anti-cavalry models, and I love, you know, my monsters,
2: and they're like baby monsters. They cause terror. Yeah, yeah, they're they're very, very intimidating guys, and I don't think, in the end, I actually had to charge any of them, which <laughs> which was quite relieving, but... Um, uh, brutally uh, i think i took three off their wargs before they got into combat which yeah. was and they, it required some very good luck and some shooting on my behalf but i think yeah. if i'm honest that that kind of secured things for me because as soon yeah. as you lose the wargs, it's yeah. just a, a horde of goblins which isn't quite as powerful
6: yeah i think that's what you find in these small um small games like the dice if they've swing one way it's kind of like it's done isn't it but um no it was really good i mean you got a cheeky um you got a cheeky points on my
2: on my captain earlier. Yeah, with, quite with, early, just chipping off his fate and the wound, which yeah. is crucial.
6: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so those
2: um, those shots were they did their work. They was really good. Yeah, the the bows have been absolutely amazing. I mean, uh, five Hobbit bows. I Got a few stones thrown in as well. I don't think they actually did anything, but but yes, crucially, they
1: was scary. Yeah, they're, scary. they're they're intimidating,
2: aren't they? Because yeah. I know I could have a potential large yeah. volley of of stuff, yeah. but crucially, it was it was taking out the calf. Um, and, and like you say that wound because right at the end uh, Bandabras got a, a charge into the captain um, he struck up and won yeah. the fight against the captain despite being trapped that was um, glorious yeah it was it was what a moment went on he literally yeah, yeah, yeah. lopped the head off a goblin yeah. uh, right in the final round uh, to, and invented the game of golf so it was, it was delightful <laughs> uh, so that's a, a, an 8-0 win there because uh, this is dom- do- not domination it's to the death sorry and so it was all down to killing the leader so that's why I focused very much on trying to shoot through the ranks uh, at the goblin captain and and also uh, trying to take away your your killers No neither of us had banners but um yeah pretty decisive decisive victory yeah. largely I think Lots of wargs. If you had the wargs, they'd have <laughs> churned through the the, uh, the hobbits, no problem at all. Yeah, uh, I guess so. Um, I haven't really got much to add. It well, there you is, go. Uh, well, that's well. fine. If you don't have anything to add, let's move on <laughs> to the next round because we're running short of time. Thanks very much. Oh, game three, contest of champions here at uh, All the Little Things Matter or whatever. We, what's it called? I can't remember. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I always forget the name of the tournament. Um, so we're playing against Callum Wright here in uh, round three, contest of champions. So Bullroar Ratouk is my champion in contest. So this was always going to be the tricky one, depending on what I come up against. And Callum, just give us a rundown of your army so we know what uh, what champions are having their contest. Yeah,
0: so I've got a Harad a King on a horse with a war spear. I've got uh, four Merchant Guards, three Watchers Kana, six uh, Warriors with spear and bow,
2: and one Raider with a war spear and a bow. So your bows are useless in here, but you've got lots of Fight 4, which mm-hmm. is not good for me and you've got lots of models as well and crucially your hero is fight five so that's just better than my rangers which is yeah. really handy and he's always all heroes are going to be better than the bull ruler. so I mean what did you think going into this did you fancy your chances I was fairly confident because you've
0: got the fight four um, strength four plus one to wound on the charge and horse against what is essentially like the smallest people, in <laughs> yeah, the you worst can play models against. in the game,
2: pretty much. Yeah, the
0: contest of champions. Like my chances of getting quite a lot of kills were going to be quite high. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: yeah, and, and of course because a lot of my advantages the bows and the the um, throwing stones and stuff like that. And yeah. we're deploying right in the centre line, so there's absolutely no chance I, I'm going to get involved in that because my I'm good and I don't like to do that. I also made a bit of a. I think I deployed slightly badly earlier, I like, had two of my rangers were kind of tucked behind the lines, which meant if the, um, the move-off went your way, then they wouldn't be able to get into combat in the first turn, which was a, a, a real tactical mistake. Um, and that's exactly what happened. So you charged in the first line, you got the king straight into a couple of hobbits. Uh, I th- who? who, who? Well, it turned into a move-off first, didn't it? Oh yeah, move-off first, but you won the move-off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I
0: got the move-off, went straight with the king into two hobbits. Pretty confident with that, and then just the uh, the lines
2: clashed. Got yeah. my fight four on the front, and fight you got um, spear support in the back. Yeah, and you got who was it? Uh, an Apachen guard, or uh, maybe one of the guys with two? It was the uh, the Watcher against, against Brass against with Dependent a spear and sport. So he's got yeah, yeah. three three dice against Banner Brass with a higher fight value. Um, so it all looked like it was going to go your way. I had to strike with Banner Brass because I was just thinking, well, if I win this, then I get a, maybe get a kill, and you know that that at least. Puts me on the tally, but I, I thought here I'm likely to see the, the king take maybe four kills in the first turn.
0: Yeah, so you know, coming off the bat, go and call a heroic combat to yeah. try and
2: get some uh,
0: some early points on the door. Mm-hmm. I got three three dice against your two. Yeah. So it looked very good,
2: but yeah, um, but I rolled a five high, yeah. and you got the six. I got and the six <laughs> off two dice, and and as luck would have it, I, I on the off chance I went us done with my my sheriff before I rolled the dice, and I got the six. My sheriff and the uh, militia or bowman, I can't which, um, both rolled fives. So uh, for, I, I went for the, the sheriff stunned immediately. So we you know next turn the uh, the king's going to be down to one attack and fight one. Amazing start. And then the, uh, the archer rolls a five to kill the horse as well. So he's now. On the, uh, not on the floor necessarily, because I don't. Yeah, so you, 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 he was fine, but crucially, on the fo- foot. So if the hobbit uh, on the horse survives this turn, he can charge in next turn and, and do the business. And that's what happened. Bandabrass manages to survive the first turn, gets uh, I, I don't think he died, did he? he, he didn't, I don't, did he win the fight? He just didn't wound anything. Band of brass, yeah, yeah. I, he won the fight.
0: Uh, no, I think you killed you killed the watcher of Oh I that's right, I did yeah. kill the
2: watcher, yeah, because yeah, and then the next turn. I was out of might, so you I couldn't counter anything. Exactly. And I had all the might in the world, Banderass and a Ranger charged straight into the fight one king and Band Brass does the deed. Spend, needed to spend a point of mine to guarantee it, but crucially here, it puts me on two kills with uh, with the Bull Roarer and the King out of action, so I, I've, I basically won it in that, that first turn, didn't I? Yeah, that was pretty much it, but yeah. didn't go down with that fight. No, no, because uh, the, we, we were talking about this halfway through, it. we got realised my uh, break, uh, sorry, quarter point is four models left on the table, so the, end, the game ends at four models, and my models are, you know, pretty crap. <laughs> so... There was a real chance that you could table me and end up with a negative VP victory. So I'd have like 10 or something like that uh, victory points, but you'd end up with the with the tabling and take the win. So yeah. it was really close down it, to the last last couple of turns. It felt like a proper
0: pendulum game. Mm. So the first, the first um, you know, the move off, I was like, it's going to go my way. Yeah. And then it went your way. Yeah. And then it got down to me killing a load of the, the Hobbits and the Rangers. And I was like, hold on a second, yeah. this
2: could go the other way. Yeah, there was, I think there was one ranger left with uh, five, six hobbits like that and the, uh, the penultimate turn, and there was probably a similar number of your guys left, yeah, and your yeah. guys are just much better than mine. They've got two attacks, they've got uh, bonuses to kill and stuff. Um, and... You could. It was exactly the right amount of attacks to kill everything on the table. One of my hobbits had run away, so it was it was really really tight in that, that last turn. But sadly, it, I think the ranger went first, and he he managed to win against an abracan guard, yeah. and that, that kind of secured me the victory a bit, basically. Yeah,
0: it was um, it was a proper swingy
2: fun game. Yeah. It came down to the it was a nail biter mm. at the end. But and, um, and surprising, isn't it? Because you, know, well, you know, you know, th- you kind of imagine Lord of the Rings being like all about the big heroes and the monsters and all that sort of stuff. But this was a pretty standard. You know, lists. You've got a king, a lot of fancy troops, and I've got sort of a wave of hobbits and some and some interesting heroes, but mostly the kind of numbers. And you don't expect these nail-biter moments, but that's what I think is so brilliant about this game is that all it takes is one little guy to die or one little guy to run away or, you know, the the fights to just slightly uh, lean one way and then suddenly you you could have won the game or or vice
5: versa.
0: Yeah, I think playing Hobbits is always enjoyable as well because no matter what, like, even if you're going to lose,
2: you've killed a lot of models, you feel great. Yeah, Um, you feel slightly evil. You've got like a a moustache-twisting kind of evilness uh, to it.
0: (laughs) It was a proper enjoyable game, really, really
2: enjoyable. It really was, and I think... the result was nine one in the end, so because I, I got five points for killing two models and you having killed none with uh, your leader yep. uh three for killing the leader with Bander Brass, which is crucial, which I had to spend the might for, so that was eight and then one for breaking you and you got one for breaking me so and in fact i I didn't get my uh, my might point back from the uh, from killing the uh, the king, so you never know that could have made a yeah, difference but have, yeah. and also did you kill you kill? No, because your king didn't kill anything, did he? So I was going to say you killed some (laughs) rangers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, either way, it's it's a pleasure. It really was a a jolly good game. And it also makes three wins for me. So um, best of luck in the next round for the rest of the tournament. Cheers. 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 Cheers, Thank you. Game number four Recon, just after lunch. Uh, So Recon, of course, never a hobbit's favourite game in the world. But we're playing against Ben Viney and Ben. We're both, I think we ended up being, um, I think, are we top table? I feel like we might be actually you are definitely in the lead Yeah, yeah so I, wa- I was in the lead um, so I, I got the three wins and a, a very good uh, victory point difference or something and you have got three wins as well and Recon. Okay, so first of all, let's let's talk through your list. What what have you got uh, against my Hobbity Horde? So I've got Yasnik on Felwag with his Lance, which is quite good. And then I've got Thimble, just as normal as well, uh, on his Wag and 10 Hunter Rocks. Very straight. Yeah, yeah so it, it's it's intimidating. This is the list that um, uh, the, the group chat was talking about. It's like, well, this is the one to beat, I think, for this this list. And I, 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 d- I never thought I could beat it, if I'm honest. And um, Recon with Hobbits, it's a, it's a tricky one. I mean, so... You've got six points of my two strikers, two wards, and Hunter Hawks at all, got two attack strength, four, you know. I, I guess you were coming into this with confidence, or were you? Because you, you seemed a bit wary when we started.
6: Well, so my record against you, Harry, has never been great. <laughs> to give yeah, so true. let's face it, I've
2: never beaten you until
6: uh, potentially this game. And then um, I just had less models. So the recon is a game of numbers, do you know what I mean? 19 yeah. models against my 12. I, I wasn't that massively confident. I had the six-inch move over the four, but still not that great a difference, I felt. So and, there's,
2: and there's the bows as well. So I've got eight bows, which could potentially make a massive difference before we hit. 100%. And they, they, did, they did turn one of shooting. You, you killed three things before we even got off the boards. Like, it was, yeah, yeah. tricky. And, and I think that there's actually quite a dense board. So we're playing on three-by-threes, which I don't know whether I've mentioned already, but um, there's a lot of terrain on these boards, which, which I think is good. But the way that we deployed, I, I think, because you put one of your warbands on the left-hand side of your deployment, and I kind of followed up with, um, by putting all my rangers on to counter that side with the hope that maybe I could get the three shots into that warband, that was your leader's warband and stuff like that, maybe take him off his wang, maybe kill him even if I'm lucky. Um, and then I put my hobbits right on the edge of the board in the hope that maybe, maybe you had to kind of split your army, which kind of worked a bit. 100%. I mean, I was quite lucky. So the
6: first turn, obviously, my second warband didn't, didn't come on to the yes, second turn, yes. which meant I could then sort of set up against the Hobbits. But the yeah. trees in the middle that you can't see, obviously, but there's a selection of trees and ruins. So, like, snaking through them to have a bit of cover, I think, gave me that little bit of safety, particularly just sort of like the second or third round of shooting. Mm. Got away
2: with a few things within the ways, really. Like, yeah, I think the first round of shooting was good. I killed, like you say, I think it was three Hunters. Um, the second round of shooting didn't kill anything. But if I'd had another turn like the first one, I'd have killed basically half your army. I'd have been in trouble, real yeah. trouble. If you think that's six dead of a 12, 12 one army, mm. that's... Yeah, yeah, that would that's have been good. scary. But it didn't happen. And, and there's a, there a bit that I... I you, uh, there was a point at which I could have um, spent a point of might on one of the rangers to kill the warg of uh, Yasneg or... Fim, no, Fimble was Fimble's warg. And I didn't. And I thought, well, okay, you've got six points of might here, you've got strikes, and I want to be. Get, I don't want to get your uh, wilds charging me all the time. So I, I thought, I need to have a, have the might to counter that. Was that the right decision, do you think? So I don't really know. So you made
6: use of that might really well for the rangers. You had them on the side, sort of next to Bulwara, which meant okay. you could call moves and combats and things like that, which were really quite effective. However, choosing not to kill it and not spend the might meant he still had the movement, meant I was into you in two turns, and my two rounds of combat for the for the beginning, when we were first in, were a bit lethal. Yeah, I mean, you,
2: you charged with both your heroes, you called heroic combats with both your heroes, you charged two hobbits apiece. I'd, I'd had priority quite a few turns in the bounce, which was annoying because, uh, you know, it meant that you, had, you could just choose when to engage when you wanted, which was very handy for you. But yeah, that first turn, you killed eight hobbits in the first two heroic combats, which, you know, really, really uh, made my, my kind of numbers advantage evaporate. Even after, you know, killing three hunter orcs, Eight hobbits down, that's nearly half my army gone in one go. Yeah, I mean, I did feel a bit mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they, you know, everyone shouldn't feel mean when you're killing hobbits, to be fair. But but that, that and I think it, if I'd have been sensible and gone for killing Luwag, you, you, A, you wouldn't have got both Wags in at the same time, which means that one might have been sort of slower than the other, which might have meant that you didn't engage in the same turn, might have given me another turn shooting, for example. But also, it would have meant when he did engage, he would have killed one maybe, maybe two uh, tops uh, with the thing, so a significant number less in terms of uh, kills but either way uh, I I think you can get, get a sense from here that it didn't go well after that, but like I, I think there was plenty to play for up right until the end. It was there, it wasn't all 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 a given, was it? Oh gotcha. Yeah, because it was not until sort of like the second to last turn
6: at the end of the game that we actually got anything off. Mm. So with recon as well, until you've got things off off the board, other board edge, it's all to play for. Yeah. Um, and as well, you had shots on Thimble right into the last turn yep. as well. It was it was still
2: to- all to play for. I, I managed to stun Yazneg second turn in a row. I've managed to stun a, a, a Lansing um, hero, and um, uh, which which is good. Managed to kill him. That was ace and then um the but i think the thing was uh, that i was hoping to get because we both broken i was hoping to get the move or, or something like that to pin down your heroes and i think the one time i did i was just a little bit too far away from one of the heroes to pin them down i was hoping pin down the heroes the hunter orcs all run just before the the rest of them got off the board and that would have i don't think it would have handed me the win but it would have certainly it would certainly helped I
6: mean, it'd be super close. Obviously, yeah. if the rest of them had run and well hadn't got his courage test off, to means yeah. everyone stayed. It means I wouldn't have got anything on the board. Yeah. It also meant that, um, obviously, I probably would have quartered actually the same turn. Yeah. Though I guess so it would have been would have been quite. I think tight. it might
2: have ended up being yeah. being a, a win for you with killing Banderbras. But uh, not having anyone off the board, so I guess it all came down to whether I could kill um, uh, your leader, which which was it just it was going to be very difficult. Um, I, if maybe if I'd got a stun off on him as well, I'm but just... s- sadly not. Either way, I think what was the score in the end was it ten one uh, to 10-1. you? 10-1, 10-1, 10-1 to, two. to you. So yeah, I managed to kill the wrong uh, guy on a wag, which is a shame. I did break you, so I got the one for that. But Vanderbrass went down. You got you you three guys, including um, your leader, off the board edge tripled me and I just never ever made it close but maybe, maybe I did, did a tactical error trying to shoot you but it felt like on that first turn it would have it could have worked but just didn't work 100% 100% yeah. I mean the shooting was the right way to go I think so yeah well either way well done it means you're definitely in top position and uh, ready for I'd imagine some sweaty games so best of luck in the rest of the tournament I am terrified but thank you yeah, best cheers, luck mate, well. ben, yeah. cheers Ben <laughs> game number five and we're playing uh, seize the prize here and there's sm- slightly smaller board so it's all a bit wishy-washy, I think, but that's, that's just because I, you know, well, we'll find out in a second. Anyway, Joe uh, is the uh, player, and Joe, you're, uh, you're, a, you're a patron, long-term patron, and we've played at many, many tournaments, um, and we sort of, I think we're pretty much both mid-ranking, let's be honest, we're both yes. mid-ranking players, I agree. and we've always dodged each other, so, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's great that we've been able to, to play again, uh, play for the first time here. So, um, just first of all, before we get into the nitty-gritty of
1: stuff, um, what is your army, Uh, The army is Azog's Hunters. So, uh, yeah, I've I've got. Well, uh, there's a lot of Azog's Hunters. I think it's three or four, is it maybe more? At least four. Um, So, I brought. There's differences between them all, but I brought uh, Yasneg with the lance and the warg, and Fimble with his warg uh, as the heroes, and And the bow. And the bow. And then I managed to get uh, five hunter-watcher bows and four without. Yeah, so Ben, who uh,
2: we just heard the game against, he had one extra model but didn't have the bow on Fimble or on the five uh, hunters. So slight difference, but not by much. So with that in mind, seize the prize. Um, and it's, again, another t- quite terrain-dense field here. Um, you've got wild gri- uh, people with rags and all that sort of stuff. What was your game plan in terms of
1: trying to get the prize, not get the prize, kill people? You know, what, what, what was your plan? So I knew that you had quite a bit of shooting, mm-hmm. and I thought that was going to be a problem because I don't think there's enough terrain for me to hide from it, especially the, prize, uh, the prize right in the middle. Yeah, there's basically a killing field in the centre here. There's a bit of
2: ruins on... Uh, there's a Rohan ta- uh, uh, building on one side of the ru- uh, of the objective, woods on the other side, but really there's a good gully of about six, seven inches in the middle
1: where, you know, you, it's a killing field, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so my plan was... Uh, I've only got two wards and they're both my heroes. I thought if I can get up Get the prize. Although I had to get the prize with a hunter or first because I didn't want to dismount and lose the warg mm. uh, just in order to potentially dig it up on a four plus. So I had to get it with a hunter, or, which meant I couldn't hang around trying to potentially sh- win a shooting war that I was never going to win. Yeah,
2: if you had f- five, yeah, five bows five hitting both. on fours, I've got eight bows hitting on threes, and I've got my behind mine as well. So, exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. So all I could do was run forward as fast as I could with the hunter orcs, dig it up with a hunter orc, which I did. I think you killed three hunter orcs in the first turn, and which left me with one on that side to run up dig up the prize which he did um, and then you killed him yeah <laughs> he, got, he got completely stuck by arrows immediately yeah. you killed him with stones with oh yeah, yeah. So
2: I was like oh yeah he gets to throw some stones hey yeah. so I think it was four or five stones or something like that and and they, they smashed him that 100 hunter yeah.
1: but he did his job because he got it out of the ground um, and then he died so it was on the floor which meant I could run up grab it with thimble Um, and disappear and hide behind a house long enough to be able to, like, run over to the side of the board and potentially get up the board and off. Um, So the plan worked. Yeah. Basically, and and in the meantime, I was absolutely just
2: destroying your army with bows. Like, I think... So the first thing you mentioned, the three uh, hunters died, then the one with the prize died. That's four out of the 11. Uh, then there was two died in perhaps the same turn that the, the, you got the prize. So that was six. Or, and then, so really when the Lions Clash you had, yeah, and Yasneg had lost his, um, he's the leader, he lost his warg early on, um, and, a, and a fate point and a wound maybe or, or quite early on. So, so I, I calculated early on. I was like, well, okay, if, as long as you stay on your side of the board, um, you can, uh, I can win based on breaking you and killing uh, your leader, which I was very close to doing. So I, I sort of made an effort to push my hobbits and uh, Bullroarer around the right-hand side of the Rohan building I mentioned earlier, where Yasneg was uh, sorry, Fimble was hiding behind that building, thinking if I can, if I needed probably two or three moves to do it, but I can yeah. eventually fence it off. But on the second turn, um, essentially, I'd, I'd put enough guys there to block off a potential charge but not enough to, to stop you from her combating around.
1: Yeah, so so your plan and the way you executed it was 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 ideal. Like you spread the hobbits out and you foresaw what Fimble was gonna do. So you went round there to stop him. Um, I think uh, the problem came was that you got priority, so you had to move first. So you move around there to try and stop me, but there was there was enough for gap, not enough hobbits and not enough of your movement with them only having mm. four inches. Um, to stop me. So when it was my turn, Fimble, having fell sight and you know, you know, been able to charge, he could come out from behind the house and charge one hobbit, yeah. which then Hero, Hero combated off, which gave yeah. me another 10 inches movement yeah. and I just flew up the side of the board. Exactly. And, and I think there was, a, there was a bit where I asked you, oh, Fimble's got the
2: bow, haven't you? And he said, yes, yes, he's got the bow. So I, I'd put the bull roarer on his horse, so he's the, on, the only model in my army that can actually keep up with uh, Fimble. And I'd sort of, I'd gone, oh... I, why I was scared of your one bow on Finbot, I don't really know. But I thought, oh well, I best protect it. It's good. It's good sort of form to protect your hero from any potential bow. So I sort of moved him three inches to the left behind the Rohan building to do that, and then and then I put all my hobbits in the play in this way. And then I realised as soon as you charged this one hobbit, I was like, oh god, that that's a heroic combat coming off. And then I started measuring the stuff, and I was like. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty close, and we we double checked it, and it was like it wasn't it it was he was going to be out. So, and so we knew from the next turn that Bullroy was not going to be able to catch Fimble, and therefore it was going to be down to whether my sort of bank of archers at the back of the field was going to be able to kill uh, Fimble on the way off the board.
1: Yeah, so yeah, at that point the entire game became about how you can stop Fimble from from getting off with Bullroy not being able to catch him. It was it was all down to the bows. Mm. Um, but your other guys at the same time being able to break me meant that Fimble also had to take courage tests Um, he's courage four um, but him having not, not used uh, his might and he still his will points. Yeah, so he'd
2: only spent one point of might, hadn't he? Yeah,
1: so that was going to be really, really difficult. Uh, so it just became about how many wounds you could do to him yeah. uh, with the bows, which which is a big ask. It, it could have happened because I think you still had a one point, maybe two on the rangers yeah. at that so, point. Yeah, I think so. There was, there was two
2: rangers that had um, points of might and there were five hobbits, although one was obscured by the other four. So really it was six bows, two with might that could have done it. And, you know... I Stranger things have happened, but so you you moved, and then there was this point where you decided, well, because I could have heroic combated with Bullroarer from onto a, from a Hunter Orc and potentially charged um, uh, Fimble the, the following turn. So you kind of was like, well, do I take the charge from Bullroarer if he if he succeeds in his heroic combat, or do I take the uh, six bows rather than the the three that I would have uh, and, and that you'd have got if there was in the ways and stuff like that? So there's a lot of little little niggly bits that. There were, there were basically all of them were giving me hope. Yes. None of them were like, there were never good chances. They were always like a fool's hope. But I. It was enough to make me think, if I wrangle this here and I move that there and I maybe get that might and then maybe you fail a courage check and maybe this happens.
1: Like there was enough to keep me in the game and to keep it interesting at the the last moment. Yeah, definitely. And you're right that strange, strange things have happened. Um, And it became, right at the end, it just became about that finessing, like where you can get people and how many shots you can get. Mm. um, And me deciding, do I want to sit here and get him in the ways from the bows yeah. or do I do I go straight for the broad edge take the bows because I don 't want ball roar to catch me up yeah um, eventually I think um, he lost his warg eventually yeah right, yeah for right so the very
2: final turn I think he lost a warg and um, he would he was uh, prone but that didn't matter uh, because by that point ball had failed his heroic combat that would have mattered anyway yeah. uh, and, he do- and then he died <laughs> so, <laughs> so the following turn Yasneg did die in the end I think he did so yeah we, did, we killed Yazneg in the final turn and, but by that point you'd gone off the board so you got the full victory points for seven points for taking him off the board mm. you'd killed Bull Roller which gives you nine mm. I got Yazneg
1: and I broke you, you only killed three hobbits. I think you should be ashamed of that, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Pat, so, so the shooting against against these Unterorks is absolutely massive. Winning yeah. that shooting war against them while they have to just run mm-hmm. at you like the charge of the light brigade is, yeah, is, um, yeah difficult. But yeah, to, to only kill three hobbits, I am, I'm deeply ashamed. And it, it's, it's strange because I, thought,
2: I wondered whether my strategy was the right one because I, I kind of thought there was, a, there was a period, a moment, where if I had called a heroic move with roarer launched him forward, hopped him off the horse, picked, because this is after the hunter had dug the the prize up, Mm. and uh, Bullwell could have done the heroic move, gone forward, jumped off his horse, picked up the prize, potentially, if he'd have won the heroic move off. But then he would have been holding the prize and Yasneg would have been, or uh, Fimble would have been charging him, sorry. Mm. So I think he would have just died. So I think I was probably right going with the bows, but it was just a couple of little mistakes in my movement over the other side. If I'd have, I think I needed to put more hobbits on the kind of um, the protecting the the exit from the board rather than pushing them forward to try and sort of uh, uh, do a weird thing uh, trying to sort of block off a gap with uh, with Fimble which relied on another turn of movement so
1: uh, either way, a uh, cracking game you got a 9-5 victory I think nine it is five, and yes. that puts you on four wins doesn't it? Uh, it does, it puts me on four wins so I'm over half of the seven games today so I'm happy with that Yeah, yeah. and I'd imagine it means you're playing is it Aaron? Aaron Pullen? Um, I, I played Aaron Pullen previously uh, in the last okay. game
2: but he's also got Hunter Rocks as well. so yeah. uh, the, And he's, of course, one of the fellow, fellow bellies, our, our sort of GBHL team. So at least at least we know that you guys are doing well. So best of luck in the next round, and thanks very much for the game.
1: Thanks very much, Ray. Thanks for letting me debut on EndMove. Move. Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: finally, yeah. <laughs> cheers, cheers. Thanks. Game number six, and it's Fog of War, and uh, playing up against regular podcastee, Jasmine Telly. Welcome to the podcast once again. Hello. Hello. Uh, so, um... 200 points. We've talked to you uh, multiple times over multiple tournaments. You're, you're, you've got a very good mind for for list building and um, seem to really like the challenge. What have you brought for 200 points? What do you rate at this points
3: level? So I've never played at 200 points. I don't think many of us have. But... No. Um, but this one, I actually only really wanted to use my Wozes, mm. um, which I painted a while ago and rarely get to play because they're not that competitive unless you're playing really low points. Because um, you, you used them, was it right at 400 or something like that points limit before or something like that? Yeah, remember. they did really well at a 450. Yeah, um, finished high for that one, but yeah, um, for this one it was a case of well, it's an opportunity to come and use them, and it's just I don't know, it works out perfectly with the one hero and one full warband. It's yeah. 200 points spot. On. Yeah,
2: and you got so you got 15 um, uh, what was this with. Uh, uh, the stalk unseen. You've got blowpipes, twelve-inch range. You've got the poison weapons. You've got the hatred uh, goblins, orcs, and urukai. You've got what? You've got like all of the special rules.
3: Yeah, you get an awful lot of special rules. But to be honest, you need them because your one hero has no strike, no defence. <laughs> basically nothing and your warriors die incredibly quickly in combat yeah so when you came up against um, the hobbits bear in mind this is fog of
2: war so we're trying to capture terrain kill and protect our heroes Uh, I've got four heroes you've got one Um, I've got slightly more models than you but not by a lot what, what did you think? What were your ch- did you fancy your chances?
3: Yeah, it's a pretty good scenario, because your army does want to shoot, but because I've got stalk unseen, with this sort of board, I can just kite around, and I know that I'm just going to be probably out shooting you, in all honesty. Yeah, because
2: yeah, uh, we mentioned a couple of times now that there's, there's some quite dense terrain boards. I guess because we're using essentially the same amount of terrain you'd put on a 4x4, but on a 3x3, which just increases that sort of density means that you can knit between the the ruins maybe a little bit easier there are less sort of channels for shooting and yeah the stalking scene worked really well but also when I did like, I think most turns there was someone that I could
3: shoot at but my shooting just didn't do anything I don't think I killed anything from shooting is that right maybe one yeah your shooting was pretty bad um, I must admit but Roarer is very, very scary. And Harry's like, he's just a hobbit on a horse. Yeah. yeah but against my army in this type of point, it's incredibly tough. Yeah. And his first combat, heroic combat. Yeah. And I, my leader had to literally heroic combat just to get out of there because yeah. I wasn't risking it.
2: That, that's true. That, that, that was quite a pivotal roll-off, really, because if I'd have... Won, uh, if, won that roll off I might have had a chance on uh, uh, girl what you, cause you, you're, let's talk on the theme because you've got uh, 15 Amazonian uh, women basically with uh, a leader girl and a keep girl girl Brea girl
3: yeah it's girl with a U because yeah. they're cool like you go girl yeah. Um, but yeah the idea is that they're just the wild women rather than the wild men yeah. um, which is a really cool theme but I, either way sorry so um,
2: uh, Bulwara could have charged into uh, girl in the first turn Uh, or the first sort of major combat anyway. And, um, you know, it could have gone either way, really, couldn't it? Because they were both
3: pretty even on fight and I had a lot of dice and all that sort of stuff. I really wouldn't want to risk it because, put it this way, like, you knock me to the ground, I'm just dead. So even though, like, I'm higher fight than you, even if you're not heroic combating into that particular one, you kill the one next to her, and then next turn you charge and you win the fight. And with two attacks, it's just not worth that risk. Yeah, exactly. So
2: you got, you got out a dodge, and, and basically that saved, saved your, your skin,
3: really, because later on there was
2: another sort of edgy combat where uh, you were up against one of the Rangers of the North who um, was kind of surrounded, but won the fight against uh, the girl and two others, uh, two other Wozes, um, but didn't manage to kill in that turn. And of course, because you've only got one hero, it could have been a very, very big swing that because that's six points in my favour, isn't it? Because you, you've lost a, a hero you're protecting and I've killed the hero that I'm targeting. So it could have been a big deal, but as it happened, I only took the one wound off and, and essentially that, that was kind of the last opportunity before, before everything started really dissipating.
3: Well, that would have also been for the break as well. And my models actually run away because they're only Courage 3 and I'd have had no hero. And those rangers were two attacks. And it was actually really, really pivotal to have my hero over there Mm. to go help that out, which meant I also got the terrain piece. But if you win that fight and you kill her because you need fours to wound her, Mm -hmm. then that's it. It can decide the game. And that's what I found throughout the day as well. Yeah, because I I, I forced to win I I, I had a might point still left as well. So I I think generally,
2: because I got to my terrain piece, but it was just the shooting power that you had. Uh, Bull Rower was kind of putting pressure onto my terrain piece that I was trying to capture as well. Got one person touching the terrain but you still had four, uh, four roses hiding behind the building and, and just because of the way you can deny the charges, where you can sort of deny the shots and I, I, it, you're always dictating the flow of m- movement because I, I'm, I'm always going to be quite far away so I'll uh, uh, not be able to see you and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, re- really tricky, lots of shooting, very tough. Uh, I think I, I lost almost all of my models. I've got what, three or four, is it? It was three plus, uh, uh, sorry, three hobbits, including Bilbo, plus a ranger left, and you had just you one off breaking, so very very close. Uh, the score was ten, three, I nil, say. Ten, ten Oh 10 nil. I didn't break yeah, because I didn't yes. break you in the end. So one one model off. So either way, cracking game. Always very interesting. Two hundred points is an interesting points level. What do you think of it?
3: Honestly, for fun, it's amazing. It's just ridiculous, silly. But you have to be prepared that it's gonna the game snowball very quickly. Either way. Um, and fight value doesn't actually make as much difference in this points but yeah, for this sort of thing just moving models around, having a laugh, can't complain Yeah,
2: exactly, yeah, you're totally right because if, if my shooting had been really good and I'd killed like four waders early on that would have, been, it would have been, made it very hard for, for you to recover and vice versa because you kill quite a lot of shoot, stuff in your shooting it makes it, it just swings one way or the other as you say By the way, uh, Jasmine, that puts you on four and one, is that right? Four and two? there's a lot of games there's a lot it's getting very confusing <laughs> either way you've done very well uh, best of luck in the rest of the tournament uh, thank you you too Jeez. thank you <laughs> right final game round number seven and it's been an exhausting day seven one hour games but a lot of fun 200 points apiece and the Hobbits of course uh, into their final game uh, on three wins and three losses how do we fare here against Ash so Ash uh, we played before we played here at Lord of the Imps before I think no Lord of the Imps, uh, imps game before. i I'm trying to think what the results have been I think it's been half and half, hasn't it? I think
4: we've played twice in... And... Well, yeah, the first game we played about just over a year ago, yeah. um, I, I won that one. Yeah, um, so... Same scenario as it happens. Ah, well, yeah. Yeah. And, and one of your first tournaments that was, wasn't it? It was my very first tournament very that first. we played, yeah. So um, I, I brought the, uh, the Rangers last time, Rangers of Athelion and it was only a bit different this time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So what have you brought this time? 200 points is a it's an unusual one, isn't it? There's no established
4: meta, so what have you got? I, say, yeah, it was, uh, I had to think long and hard on this one but I thought that uh, mobility would be important so I went for the Wolves of Isengard mm. which I think has been quite a popular choice at this tournament Yeah, I think you're one of three, is that right? Or maybe two at least? There's four. Is there's, it four? There's wow. four out of, I think it's 28, yeah, yeah so, so it's so quite quite popular.
2: There's four Wolves of Isengard and there's four um, Hunter Orc lists as well so they're, there's certainly an established meta there so uh, obviously movement and also the fact that you've got three by
4: three boards that movement seems to be really a lot more powerful. Absolutely, and, uh, with the, the Legion's ability to to move before the game starts as well uh, with a with, with d6 models that that has helped in a lot of scenarios didn't help so much in this one but. true but so destroy the supplies we're playing against the
2: hobbits you've got a massive movement advantage what what did you think did you fancy your chances here
4: yeah i i was expecting before i knew who i was playing against to to be having to sit a few back just to 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 defend my back line and and send a few of the the regular WAGs out to pick off the objectives, but then I saw it was Hobbits, and I thought, well, they're not moving anywhere uh, too quickly, so I'm just gonna, my plan was to just kind of move around the flanks and try and surround them and knock them to the ground, and I felt quite confident that it would work quite easily, to be honest. And
2: and I think that's rightly confident. I mean, you've got seven riders and seven WAGs. I think you fancy your chances here. So I, I think my only option realistically was I was never going to move forward quick enough to actually capture any of your ob- objectives. So I spread out my line as thinly as I could once, uh, once movement started and focused on the shooting. And I think the first couple of turns, i would maybe killed one or two wags and maybe a, a rider in a wag or something like that. wasn't wasn't anything devastating, but you know, it's good enough. Uh, but then it was the second turn of shooting that really diddled you.
4: Yeah, I'd, I'd previously manoeuvred Shaku behind a rock formation so your bows couldn't get to him. Um, but it did mean he was left with, I think it was three, uh, three guys with stones pointing at him. Mm. And I felt I could ride that one out okay. Yeah. Little did he know, the potency of the Hobbit stones. I
2: think it was, yeah, four Hobbit stones launched directly into Shaku's face. And as you say, I think I, need, I needed 6 by 4s to wound him, or 6s for the wild, the but I managed to sneak through a one 6 by 4 and you failed your fate, which is big on a two wound character
4: it was uh, and i failed it quite badly it would have would have cost me two might to to save the wound and i thought i needed that might for further on into the game so i i chose to take the wound in the end i
2: think your your words were i'll i'll manage to pick up the the the, the vp somewhere else in the game after i'd offered to spend the the might which i think as it's still it was i think it was the right choice on your part but i think just after that we, we talk, talked to with previous people uh, in this podcast about how quickly it can swing just basically on the, the merits or, or you know lack of and, and one round of combat and that really happened here there was one particular round of combat where my line was spread completely thinly and you had some really favourable charges with, um, with some of your, uh, your charging wild riders so you had two dice on two hobbits uh, or, or maybe a couple of wild riders uh, two dice on one hobbit and a couple of wargs fighting uh, individual hobbits things like that and it just went pear shaped
1: it, it
4: did, yeah, I think the uh, the big problem I had was um, I was trying to take one of the uh, one of the supply markers mm. with a wag and you 'd called a heroic combat yeah. you'd struck up with another hero you were, you were, you were easily going to win that, that fight, so I needed to, to try and tag the uh, the ranger that had called yeah. the combat, so luckily, I won the roll off with my uh, heroic combat with Sharku yeah, which is free yeah. yeah, which is a free one with Sharku in this legion. Um, and I was able to swing around and tag him and, and take the other combat out of the out of the problem and and even even kill the ranger. Yeah. It all went very well, but that meant Shaku was a bit out of position, uh, which was a, a risk I think I had to take. But yeah. and, yeah. and it, it meant that he was up against because he doesn't
2: he can't strike. So in the following turn, uh, this yeah, because I would set up a heroic combat with. Uh, two Rangers and roarer uh, with the intention of striking up and charging um, Sharku and killing him in one turn, hopefully. Uh, as you say, you won the roll off. But the following turn, I still had a Ranger and roarer right next to Sharku. So uh, it was. I think it ended up being a Ranger against um, Sharku. So my two dice against your two dice uh, were we'll both fight for. It was you know, it was an even shot. And all I needed was one five to, to kill him because I'd already taken crucially from the Hobbit's accuracy of that stone um, and yeah and and that (laughs) kind of was it you know
4: yes with with no fates, there was literally nothing I could do even with my mites sitting there so I had to watch Sharku and the, the two mites which at this level is huge disappear down the drain so uh, yeah it was uh, unfortunate.
2: And I think the rest of the combats didn't, didn't necessarily go your way, your way either and it meant that I had just enough to screen off uh, the remaining two objectives you had got one um, but I had all the models in the right places. I did have some might although I didn't need it that time because I won the priority and then basically it was just pin down the guys and then hopefully shield off the remaining two objectives and crucially not break because at this point we'd worked out um, I had the two VPs for killing uh, your leader and if I broke you I'd get four and you had uh, wounded the bull roarer uh, knocked him off his wild uh, um, uh, sorry off his horse by a wild rider uh, throwing a spear which you'd said before they weren't very effective that was quite good but it. Uh, but it, it still I either way so it was it was all down to can you break me, and uh, or, or can I avoid being broken? And in the end, I lost six guys, including a ranger. So um, I was four off the the break point and managed to shield them off and just just get the traps. It was the once once that had happened. It was just the trap trapping traps win games. You know, I, I got enough guys uh, to surround you, and the fight value on the sheriffs and the uh, archers being spread out evenly enough to give myself a fighting chance to, to get the kills and slowly whittled the, the riders down until it, we 25 percent of you and got a very, very narrow 4-3 victory. So, I mean, I, I, think, I think I was very lucky, let's be honest. The stone was, was a bit of a
4: crack shot. <laughs> the, the, dice, uh, the dice determine it. I think, I, think I, I know dice are always very important in any game, but at 200 points, as you mentioned, the swing... Um, yeah, it was it was all over in two turns. Mm-hmm. There was just two two turns of bad rolls for me, and and that was me yeah. down from twelve wags down to three. Yeah,
2: and crucially, I <laughs> capitalised on it. I, you know, every time I won a, a fight, I was wounding something, whether it's the wag or the rider. I was I was often going for the wags if I could, but um, yeah, I, I it wasn't like I, I had. I, we were just bumping uglies. It was, it was. I was killing stuff, which, yes. you know, with strength two hobbits. You don't really expect much of. But either way, uh, as I say, traps win the games, and you know, I had just enough dice in the in the end to to win it out uh, after the the loss of Shaku. So four three in the end. So that's four three, not just in this game, but also overall. Um, and Ash, uh, I think that puts you on three wins and four losses is it. So.
4: Is that right? Four, no, four, four, four wins, three losses
2: for Oh, me. right. OK, yeah. so we were, we were level. So either way, uh, we both ended up with the same result. So hopefully yes. that's at least yes. it. Either way, it was a cracking game. And, you know, next time, we'll, I'm sure we'll play again. And hopefully uh, we'll, we'll have another rematch and see how it goes that time.
4: Yeah, destroy the supplies again next year. <laughs> <laughs> Why yeah, not? Yeah.
2: yeah, this time next year. All right. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thank <laughs> Thanks you very much.
4: The game. Cheers,
2: cheers. cheers. Ash Scott there rounding things off for an epic run of games at uh, the Imps Gaming uh, for the Enjoy the Little Things, uh, an 80-pointer in the Great British Hobbit League. So this is uh, not a super competitive tournament, local tournament, and lots of fun. Having said that, plenty of uh, really top players uh, taking uh, taking it on, taking the 200-point uh, idea on. So uh, it was, honestly, I absolutely love it. And um, the, the, there's something about the, the game, 200 points... Um, I think it's partially because there's a swing. It's a real big swing, um, and maybe I was on the right-hand side of the the swing. That the you know, once you've just got a couple of lucky shots in early on, and maybe killed two out of twelve of the enemy's models, you suddenly realise you've got a real big numbers advantage, even though you've you know only maybe got five points of uh, five guys more than them or whatever. And and I think. Um, that's one of the 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 things that I, I really like about it is that it just it takes that whole kind of sweatiness out of things. It means that everyone is taking it easy, much more relaxed, and it's a lot of fun. I really, I just, I really like the idea of it. Two hundred point. I, I really, really want to do uh, a two hundred point tournament again. Um, and I'd I'd love for Alex to host another tournament um, like this here in Lincoln, especially for one day. I mean, honestly, a two day at fourteen games. Is it doable? I mean I kind of think it might be. We'll have to see. Uh anyway, that would be amazing. Um I I must note I was in well we uh, there a few of us we were going out for a curry, a Thai curry after this. We were really over time. Uh, we'd uh, booked uh, to go for a curry and it was proper rushy right at the end. So I'm afraid for the first time ever, uh, I've not been, well, maybe not the first time ever, but um, first time in a long time, I haven't been able to get an interview with the winner of the uh, tournament. Um, so I can only apologise um, to Ben Viney. Ben Viney, who we have heard on the podcast, um, he had the Hunter Walks list uh, about halfway through. The first loss, um, which uh, I was uh, riding high at that point, and then I lost to Ben, and it was all downhill from there. Um, and Ben... Um had a great list he had the uh, Hunter Ork two Hunter Orc heroes and he had the list without the bows um, which um, I I know we sort of mentioned a little bit in that conversation um, him reckoning the extra model probably better especially with all the scenarios that we're playing um, sort of lots of movement-based scenarios and stuff like that. So it was really... Uh, you know what? I found this really, really uh, interesting to for list-building. I mean, uh, worth noting, um, Joe, who also uh, beat me with his Hunter Orcs, uh, ended up coming second. Uh, he got um, one draw, uh, one loss, and five wins. Ben got six wins and one loss. Uh, Natalie, who we've heard from uh, on uh, the the Hull episode that we went to, uh, Natalie was playing an Angmar list that time, um, uh, she's also brought uh, an Angmar list this time, um, which was quite a nice idea. It was uh, Witch King led, and just uh, who sort of maxed out to 100 points, Witch King, to um, so the max that you could possibly get. A bit low on Will and all that sort of stuff, but either way, I thought that was it was an interesting idea. Um, so uh, uh, Natalie came third. Um, I think it was Witch King with two extra might two extra fate and just a button of orcs a spectre and a couple of things like that and the one that, that didn't do as well as we thought might do uh, in advance was the um, Wolves of Isengard but it did still come fourth and um, so I think there are a few people on uh, Wolves of Isengard Ben Haslam came fourth uh, with the Wolves of Isengard um, interesting and uh, some of the other um, uh, Aaron Pullen who also had uh, Azog's hunters um, came uh, in sort of six after winning five games and two losses so th- it was really interesting to see all that sort of stuff I ended up leveling out uh, at about I think it was 12th yeah 12th so I got four wins and three losses which I was really happy with actually Um I think that um, maybe I, I, if I hadn't played, I I think it was a couple of things where I'd uh, just maybe made a bit of a stupid decision. I think it was against Ben or was it against Joe? I can't remember. Uh, I decided not to spend the might to kill the Warg. Definitely was the wrong move. I I don't know. At the time, I I, I thought it was the right decision, and we sort of moved on quite quickly. And it was definitely the wrong decision. Um, And that, that, you know, I think that was the only game that I really had. Uh, I think against um, Joe, I was. I I I think I was going to lose no matter what. But against uh, Ben, I think I had a chance because I'd done really well in shooting, um, and it was a recon mission. Um, So that could have changed the whole fortunes uh, of the tournament. But I always say this: that if you if you make even one big mistake, you're just never going to be able to win the tournament. So you know, and I've made a big mistake. So don't don't mind. But 12 out of uh, I think it was in total 28 or maybe 30 and or something like that. that's pretty pretty good for the hobbits as well and i think i must say hobbits 15 hobbits and three rangers at uh, 200 points not bad at all the rangers were really good they chopped and um, and the having the potential for doing heroic combats especially with the cavalry from the combination of a of um a bull roarer on his uh horse yeah he's only fight three um but him on the horse with a um, something like a, a ranger and maybe just a, a sheriff or whatever, in, or a militia a toting hobbit in combat. You knock them all down. You know, you get uh, you get the four shots from the the strength four Duna which is usually enough. Um, but if not, you've got six from um, uh, the the six strength three ones from the uh, the hobbits or the eight eight, including the uh, the militia. So you're going to take up a lot, take off a lot of stuff, um, and you can do a couple of heroic combat chains, and actually you end up getting quite a lot of um, kills. I know Aidan Lummer um, also took a similar list. He had Arathorn 3 Dunadine, and Farmer Maggot. Uh, he didn't do quite as well, but you know, still, I think he was only a few spots below me, so I think he was the wrong side of the three-four uh, in terms of win losses. So um, either way, it was a great event. A great event. Um, a big shout out as well uh, to Callum, who won best sporting, and he—he um, he was uh, Callum. If you don't remember, was the the one who um, pl- I played uh, in contest of champions with uh, his Harad King. And um, I thought it was an absolute um, joke, really, that I, I, I won that one. Playing up against um, a Harad King and the line of dudes he had was, with my hobbits against him, was just insanity. So, uh, just it just shows you though, uh, using a, a special strike um, can win you the game, and it definitely did. So, in that instance, um, I think this is something that you know newer players perhaps forget. You know that. I chose to special strike with the Hobbit, um, the Sheriff, and actually with the other one, um, Which, and if I hadn't done those, if I'd have just said, oh, well, a charging Harad King against two Hobbits is going to kill them. There's no point in just, let's just roll the dice and crack on. If, if I'd have given up and just not thought of doing those two special strikes, there was no chance I was going to win because the, the special strike from the uh, Militia gave me enough strength to kill the horse with the Hobbit Axe which was instrumental, um, because... Uh, uh, well, I think it was that way around, was it? Yeah, I think... Well, anyway, I, it might not have been the the the, the pip. Like thing, it was strength three, um, and it was a defence four horse. No, it was a defence five horse, I think, so it was armoured horse. Uh, anyway, even, even if it wasn't, it doesn't matter. I'm just sort of uh, losing... Uh, going off on a tangent now. The point is, um, if I hadn't um, done those special strikes, I wouldn't have had a chance, because the, it was purely down to the fact that I could stun the Harad King and had taken him off his horse the previous turn and um, that bull roarer could charge in uh, with a dunadine spare and know that I was going to kill him and I did kill him and if it wasn't for that that special strike and obviously it it was a long shot but you've got to get you keep keep yourself in the game for these moments if you don't go for the long shots you're never going to win are you like if you if you think it's all over unless you do the long shot you've got to do the long shot right like there's just no point not doing the long shot cuz if you don't do it you're losing and if you do do it you might you're only on a one in three or uh, you know i had to win the fight as well but you know it, it doesn't take much on three dice for him to not get a high roll and for for me to get the high roll so uh I, anyway I, I i digress because um the, the special strikes yes may have won me the game but callum took it like an absolute champ we were laughing we were howling with laughter at some of the things that were happening and uh, i did give callum my vote as well so i was really glad to to see him uh, take the podium for that one uh, for best sporting um, and and as I mentioned the 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 winners uh, Ben uh, Joe and Natalie uh, in the top three there as well uh, for this tournament and um, so congratulations to them and uh, thanks to Alex for putting it on um, Alex hopefully will uh, will return the tournament next year because I know I would love to be back uh, for another two hundred pointer it's brilliant so uh, that's pretty much it. Um, I think I said the last time I was on the podcast that I was unsure about the, um, whether to go to Ardicon or not, I think I said I really want to go, but I hadn't decided. And there's a couple of developments in that story, let's put it that way. Um, I, I had a message from good friend Michael Haskell, uh, um, hello Michael, um, you mentioned about a, a possible appearance to uh, Ardicon, and, um... I sort of i, I won 't read your message because it was a private message, but um I, essentially you said, "Oh, are you sure uh, you know it 's lovely to have a nice bubble of uh, of uh, time together after after a wedding and all that sort of stuff and you know what i 've been that 's exactly what I thought Do I want to get married, go on a honeymoon, come back, have a week of work, and then go straight to Artdecon." Part of me says absolutely not. I don't want to do that. I want to just spend some proper time with um, with Louise uh, after getting married. Um, but another part of me does really want to go to and <laughs> It sounds so selfish. Um, but it's such a big deal, isn't it? And you know what happened? The other day, um, Ardicon announced that they are doing tickets for two days only. Um, so there's a two-day ticket to go on the Saturday and the Sunday at Ardicon and play in the big hullabaloo of an event and it's like 75 quid I think um which is still a lot for a tournament let's be honest but it's such a unique tournament there's people traveling from across the world um there's some Australians I know Kylie from the Green Dragon podcast is going to be there um and I really want to go and you know what I I I hadn't mentioned any of this to Louise my other half um and I I said you know just wondering about Ardicon and she's like oh yeah are you going I was like, "Oh well, yeah, you know when it is." She's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's the weekend after um after your uh, after we come back from the honeymoon, isn't it?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it is." She's like, "Yeah, yeah, I know. I put it in my calendar." I was like, "Oh," thinking, you know, this is this is this is an interesting development. I, I'm not, you know, I don't expect her to remember these things, but she's like, "Yeah, yeah, I, of course. I had I had it in my calendar because it's you know every year." You go to Articon, it's a big deal. You go to Articon, it's the, the big three, four, five-day uh, thing. And, you know, she was expecting me to go the whole, whole week almost. She would kind of had it in the thing, in the calendar. But then I said, well, I can't go to the whole five days. She's like, oh, why not? That's a shame. Why not? Why don't you can go? You can go. It's fine. I was like, well, no, I can't get a holiday from work. Like, work need me. <laughs> I needed to book ages ago. I can't just book, um, you know, five days off suddenly in the summer holidays. They'll be, like, laughing me out the door uh, in terms of holiday um, Uh, time, but Weezy's basically said yeah, it's fine, you go on Friday night I I need to see my family, I haven't seen, I won't have seen them for a week, we'll have been on holiday Uh, you know, it'll be fine, I'll just go and spend some time with them and you can go off and do your toy soldiers and it's all fine, so the long and short of it ladies and gentlemen is, I haven't actually booked the ticket for Ardicon I'm still, I I still think I don't know, I still don't know but there's a strong chance I'll be going to Ardicon and if I go to Ardicon, that means I need an army, and that means I need to think of something interesting at very short notice, and it also means potential exciting podcasts. So, will I go to Ardicon, or won't I go to Ardicon? You'll have to wait until next time to find out. boorarum